Exploremore presents a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman. Introducing Nigel and Helen, narrating themselves. Chapter 20. No Turning Back. 3rd to the 6th of August 1977. Austria, Hungary. After breakfast the next morning, Alec and I went to the post office and found there was still no parcel. We were niggled, but we just had to deal with it so we decided to see what the family's plans were for the day. After lunch, we took the tram with Helen and the children to visit the Stadt Park. We walked around leisurely, as you do with children, who are fascinated by things you only give a glance at normally and may not even notice. For the entire journey, three-year-old Ross tightly carried in his clenched fist a bag of stale bread. At the park, we discovered why it was so precious to him. Standing by the pond with his open-toed sandals on the lip of the shore, the water seeped into his beige cotton socks. He soon attracted a noisy, exciting, quacking audience as he tussled with opening the knotted bread bag. He threw morsels of dry crust to the hungry ducks that paddled towards him and a few swooped in from the other side of the long pond. The ravenous flock crowded around Ross as he backed away, trying to feed them as quickly as his little hands could grab and drop the bread. Meanwhile, Helen managed to salvage a chunk of bread for her little girl to feed a large tortoise that was kept in a fenced enclosure nearby. Toddler Alexandra was fascinated to watch the tortoise stretch its head out of its shell house where it had been sleeping. It walked slowly towards her and poked its head through the chain-link fence. Alexandra excitedly but cautiously offered the bread to the creature and it opened its gummy mouth and claimed the tidbit. Squealing with delight, she quickly withdrew her hands and tucked them into her lap as she crouched down and peered at the tortoise. Come, let's go to the swings, Helen called and we walked across to the playground. Ross and Alexandra were eager to go on everything. The swings, the slide, the roundabout and the seesaw. Lots of other children were there too, with their mums and nannies, enjoying a warm, sunny afternoon in the park. Back at the flat, Helen gave the children a bath, whilst I offered to make pizza and salad for supper. Nigel returned from work, his thumb still giving him jip, especially when he knocked it unintentionally. Ross and Alexandra were well ready for bed after they had eaten, so their dad did the honours of reading their bedtime story. So that's the dishes done, Helen said as she poured the dirty soapy water down the sink and I hung the damp tea towel over the warm oven rail. Do you fancy a cup of tea, Jan? I expect the men will have a beer. Sure, I'd love one. The evening continued, the four of us relaxing in the study talking about every subject under the sun, except for God. I wanted to bring the subject up, but was hesitant. Nigel excused himself to go to the loo, 
saying a quick prayer in his mind as he walked along the hallway. Well, Lord, if you want us to talk more about you, they'd better bring the subject up. Do you think we could read through that little booklet again? I asked when Nigel returned. Wow, that was quick. Thank you, Lord. Helen went across to her well-loved roll-top lady's desk to fetch her Bible. She sat down and opened it to find another booklet like the one I pulled out from my jeans pocket. We read it together, page by page. The quoted Bible verses left us in no doubt that we needed to actively acknowledge God's love for us. Alec and I said the prayer at the end, inviting Jesus to take the throne of our lives, accepting God's gift of forgiveness. This gift was not because of how good we may or may not be, but because of God's Son, Jesus Christ, dying for us on the cross. His willing sacrifice and his blood that was shed made us righteous before God. It was only then that I truly realised that Jesus is alive in heaven and one day we will see him, on our death or when he returns a second time on earth. Eternal truth, a hidden treasure revealed through the scriptures, written down from the Ancient of Days. At breakfast the next morning, Helen said that she and Nigel were thrilled by our decision to become committed Christians. Alec and I were enthralled and blown away by what had transpired. To think of the chain of events that had led us to this point, meeting with my old school teacher's friends in Nigeria and being given a modern edition of the Bible. Significantly, the fact that our route was dramatically changed because of rebel fighting in Zaire so that we returned to Europe at this stage of the journey and did not drive directly across Africa and ship to India. The water filters that were supposed to last for 250 gallons instead clogging up after only 60 gallons, making our need imperative to wait in Vienna and receive the parcel from England. And then Nigel's early run that Sunday morning, when he told us the times he had ever gone out jogging you could count on the fingers of one hand. Unbeknown to us, a divine golden thread was woven into our journey to shine a light on our path. There was still time to really appreciate and learn from Nigel and Helen's walk with God. That evening they shared the parable Jesus told of a farmer going out in his field to sow seeds and how they all grew differently depending on whether they fell onto rocks on the path among the thorns or on good soil. Jesus then related how the seed can be compared with the word of God and how we receive it and what can come into our lives to destroy it or overcrowd it or hopefully nurture and hold on to it and allow it to grow in our lives. To help us develop our reawakened faith, Nigel and Helen checked over their bookshelves and gave us a pile of books to read on our travels out east books on understanding the Bible and about other Christians' lives. Nigel also encouraged us to especially study Romans chapter 8. In perfect timing, God ordained it would seem, the parcel arrived at the post office on the Friday. The water filters were finally in our hands and there was nothing to stop us continuing on our journey. Brilliant! That evening, we, with all the family, went out for a celebration meal at a local inn. 
Sitting outside on the terrace, we enjoyed a delicious meal of pork chops, meat roll, green beans, potatoes, bread and wine. It was a wonderful way to finish an unforgettable week. Later, after Ross and Alexandra were tucked up in bed, we spent time together in prayer. I realised any prayers I may have said in the past were just before an exam or when I'd been really afraid. When you feel alone and vulnerable, you pull on threads, voicing a plea to a distant being who may be able to help in some vague way. But now it was going to be different, as we realised that God is interested in all that we do and wants us to acknowledge him in our decisions and plans, our comings and goings, our ups and our downs. We had begun to explore a whole new spiritual dimension of life. Six months and two days since leaving England, on Saturday the 6th of August, we set off to drive east to India. A lot of incredible things had already happened on our journey and we were eager to see what else might be around the next corner. We were so looking forward to being back in the Land Rover, our vehicle by day and our bed by night. On that last morning, I took one more luxurious bath and dressed in clean clothes. Alec and I sat at the table with Nigel, Helen, Ross and Alexandra and ate a bumper breakfast of muesli with yoghurt followed by fried eggs and bacon, then pancakes with maple syrup and coffee. As we left, we hugged each one of our new friends, thankful for their generous hospitality. We had come for a meal and stayed for almost a week. You may think you're on an adventure as you travel in your Land Rover, but you've just begun the greatest adventure of all, following Christ. Make sure you write every month to tell us how you're doing with reading the Bible and what escapades you're up to. Will, Will do. do, Alec and I responded in unison. Here's a happy gift, said Ross, stretching up on his tiptoes to hand me a homemade cake through the open window. Thanks so much, I said. As Helen then held Alexandra up to my window, we clasped hands and bade each other farewell. Don't forget to come and see us on your return journey, will you? Helen reminded us. I could see that our friendship had only just begun. We drove away, sorry to leave Nigel, Helen and their children, but glad to be on the road again. The Land Rover chugged along enthusiastically, off to new and distant lands. It wasn't far out of the city of Vienna that we reached the border. After waiting half an hour for our visa to be issued, we entered the communist country of Hungary. Driving through the countryside, we noted that the land was extensively farmed. We overtook horse-drawn carts driven by the locals. Frisky foals trotted freely alongside the harnessed mares as they became accustomed to the ways of the road. When we stopped for lunch, a middle-aged Hungarian man came along and passed the time of day. He was visiting his homeland after years of living in Australia. A steam train whistled on by, taking its passengers to their destinations, black smoke puffing up into the blue sky. The main village streets were lined with simple one-storey grey houses with fenced gardens of blossoming flowers, vegetables and fruit. Chickens scratched around in the dirt. We saw a pig grunting contentedly, basking in a muddy pool 
as it enjoyed the warm afternoon sunshine. In Sopron, we stopped for petrol and called by the supermarket for supplies. The store was grubby and the shop assistants wore short, scruffy white overalls. There was very cheap flour, chocolate and milk for sale. All the Hungarian products were economically packed and reasonably priced. Alternatively, anything imported was expensive, as one might expect. We continued driving on towards Lake Balaton, where we decided to camp for the night alongside the railway tracks. The airflow of the passing trains actually shook the Land Rover and rocked us to sleep. Total distance driven, 19,616 miles. You've been listening to a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman, presented by Explore More. Explore More is an adventure lifestyle brand founded on the 1977 travel stories of Alec and Jan Foreman with a passion to inspire people to explore more of the world, engage with others and embrace global cultures to ensure a greater understanding for each other and enable positive progression. Discover great products and more on exploremore.com. That's E-X-P-L-M-O-R-E dot com.